This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller. I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois, and by Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving the Chicagoland area. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski with you here. Right now, it is my pleasure to introduce ahead of Friday's NHL draft where the Blackhawks will be picking third as of right now. Director of Prospect Scouting for McKean's Hockey, it is Ryan Wagman. This is the second year in a row. We've done a draft preview with Ryan, and this is a very important one for the Blackhawks. Ryan, thanks for joining us, especially in this uh, busy time of year for you. Thanks for having me on, Jay. I live in the Chicago area, so you know I like to, to talk to the locals, <laughs> local media a bit. That's great. Well, it's great to have you. Always appreciate it. If you've not checked out the McKean's Hockey Guide, now is the time. McKean'sHockey.com. Get your copy of their draft guide. It is so in-depth. It's so thorough. Probably more than any any other publication I've seen all year. And I think like a lot of uh, Hawks fans, not a lot of expectation when the draft lottery was happening. But then as soon as the Hawks got that third pick, I think draft research really picked up for a lot of Hawks fans. So before we get to the guys who the Hawks will be selecting from, there's two guys. It's, it's almost a foregone conclusion. Number one is going to be Jack Hughes. Number two is going to be Capo Caco. Why don't you tell our listeners, uh, Ryan Wagman, what what makes Jack Hughes and Capo Caco so much better, so much more obvious of picks than the players below them? Sure. So one thing I will say is that it's probably about an 85 to 90% likelihood that Hughes is number one and Kako is two, but there's no chance that anyone other than those two goes in the top two. We'll start with, though, looking at the two players. I mean, you have, first of all, their production. Hughes, if I'm not had the facts right, he broke the record for the most points scored in a career with the, NCAA, with the USNTDP program. He's just a fantastic offensive talent. A lot of people compare him to if Patrick Kane was a center. And that's, I think, a pretty apt uh, description of what, what a lot of people think his upside is. And his downside would be more like a uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, in my opinion, as a center, which is also still pretty good. Yeah, really good um, player. 
But, you know, we grade players. We use what's called a, the 2080 scale to grade players and their various things like skating, shot, puck skills, hockey IQ, physicality. And you don't really get an 80 very often. That, that's extremely rare. Uh, but only the top players even get 70s. And Hughes gets three 70s on our list. His skating is lights out. His puck skills, is, you know, they're magical. And his hockey IQ, what he sees and how he reads the game is, is you know, well beyond his years. Um, you know, he's not necessarily a defensive force, but he's very strong at kind of circling back, back-checking hard and stealing a puck, and then just starting the offense going the other way again. Um, he's, he's a fantastically talented player. He might not be... Uh, as impactful as Kako on year one, just because his physicality is not to the same level yet. He's a little bit on the smaller side, but long-term picture, he's a superstar. Capo, you know, on the other hand, he is, he's a bit more ready now because he's got the NHL size. Um, when I said Hughes gave, got seven, uh, 370 grades, we have two for Kako. His puck skills and his hockey IQ are also very, very high, uh, like elite level. Um, he's tough to play against. He kind of goes hard to the net. He's a, he's a very um, kind of north-south player. You know, he has the skills in, in the skating, but his game is more of a north-south game than Hughes, who's a bit more all four directions. Um, and he's also, you know, his scoring at in the men's league in Finland was the best of all time for a player in his age group. Uh, he was great at the at the World Juniors. He was great at the World Championships. At any level he's played on, he's excelled and always against players who are much older than him. Even when he played in the World Under-18s last year, and it's like his pre-draft year, he was one of the leading scorers for Finland. Um, he's he's going to be in the NHL right away, and he might challenge. You know, you could challenge uh, for the Calder at year one. When you mentioned Jack Hughes, you used the comp of uh, Patrick Kane if he was a center, or maybe if he. You know, if it doesn't work out exactly like everybody thought it would, a Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who are some NHL comps for Kako? The one I heard recently that I kind of like is Miko Rantanen. Um, I think I think Kako could be a little bit more involved in his own zone than Rantanen sometimes is, but he's got a similar offensive presence. Um, you know, he kind of he's he's a, he's a big presence. He kind of goes hard to the net. He's very hard when it comes to puck battles along the walls and the corners. Um, and he, he's, you know, he, he's a bit more of a shooter than a playmaker, but he is not a bad playmaker either. So that's one that I think is reasonable. I don't usually look at comps unless one jumps out at me. Um, so like with, uh, you know, with Hughes, that it, it really stuck me like this is, you know, and I'm not the only one who said it, but it really, it makes sense that that's kind of an upside downside. And Kako, I, I think he's got a lot of way, a lot of ways that he could move in different directions, but I do like the Rantanen, um, the Rantanen comp. For me, I think it works pretty well. All right. When we come back, we will delve into those picks that the Blackhawks could take at three. My guest is Ryan Wagman from McKean's Hockey. We'll be right back on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Hot flashes, irritability, intimate dryness, even unsatisfying sex. Hi, I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck, a board-certified OBGYN who has spent over 20 years helping women just like you safely find relief from these very natural symptoms without having to resort to hormones. To help my patients feel their best, I recommend products from Bonafide Health. Bonafide is a women's health company dedicated to providing women with non-hormonal and clinically validated products that work. Bonafide provides safe and effective solutions to manage a range of 
of menopausal, sexual health, and PMS-related symptoms. That's why I recommend Bonafide products to my patients every day. In fact, I am also a Bonafide medical advisor. What I like most is that Bonafide products provide women real relief without compromise. Ladies, don't waste another minute feeling less than your best. Go to HelloBonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's HelloBonafide.com and code RADIO39. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski with you here on our draft preview edition. You just heard about number one pick, probably, Jack Hughes, and number two pick, probably, Capo Caco. We are with Ryan Wagman of McKean's Hockey. All right, so now let's move on to some of the players the Blackhawks could be selecting from. We're going to go in the order of the McKean's Hockey Guide. The name that's emerged as a favorite from fans, from media people like me, has been defenseman Bowen Byram. You guys have him ranked as your third overall prospect out of Vancouver in the Western Hockey League. Uh, a lot of comps to Duncan Keith I've seen. Uh, someone Blackhawks fans are obviously very familiar with. Tell us a little bit about Bowen Byram and why Blackhawks fans should be or could be excited if he ends up being the pick at three. So we do have him at number three, but I want to uh, preface all this by saying that after Hughes and Kako, it's really, really close between three and eight or nine even. Uh, it's a pretty deep draft, and the Hawks have a lot of good choices that they can make, and it would be hard for them to make a wrong choice. That said, um, Byram is a really exciting talent. You know, if he, in a draft that's not very strong for defense, he is head, shoulders, knees, and toes above everybody else. Um, he has the, the tools. He's, he's, a, he's a marvelous skater. Uh, his straight line speed is just is, is among the best in the, in the draft class and definitely at least tied for best among defensemen. Uh, his puck skills are great. You know, he's got a good shot. Uh, he has a good, he has good hockey IQ. He can be a little bit more aggressive in his own zone, but I think you can say that of almost any defenseman uh, in their draft year. Um, he's not huge, but he can play a tough, he can be tough to play against. So he's got a little bit of everything, and his performance has been fantastic. Uh, for a defenseman who's draft eligible, no less, to lead the WHL in points in the postseason is, I don't know if that's ever happened before. Uh, you know, when he's, he's played internationally at, at younger levels, you know, he's been, he's, he, he's been kind of on the radar for a long time, and he's earned it this year. He's shown that he's worth the, the attention that he's received from a very young age. Um, the Duncan Keith comp is not a bad one, um, you know, with the good speed, the uh, kind of the, the smarts, the kind of toughness, the, the ability to contribute in the offensive end. So I, I could see that being something that, uh, that to look forward. Now that all said though, I'm not convinced the Hawks would take them. Yeah. And, from and the what that, I've been told, Ryan, sorry to interrupt it is sure. the sources I've spoken to have said the Hawks are very much leaning center. They want to pick a center. They want to pick the next guy to replace Jonathan Taves. And if that happens, we'll have a lot to talk about with the future of Dylan Strom, who's due a contract and all those things. But I am getting the vibe here. This is Wednesday afternoon uh, around two, uh, one o'clock central time. I'm getting the vibe. The pick's going to be a center one way or the other. You know, that, that I think is where I'd be leaning as well. And the reason I was thinking about that, and it's not any inside knowledge, but just the fact that their top two picks last year were defensemen. Their top two picks the year before were defensemen. And just a couple days ago, they traded a forward for a young-ish defenseman. Um, they have a very deep blue line throughout the system. They don't have a lot of depth among as in forwards uh, outside of the NHL. 
And if I'm in their shoes, the difference between Byram and whether it's Turcotte or whether it's Doc or whether it's one of the other players that are, are clearly in that top tier is, is almost negligible. And so it's a matter of, you know, what flavor ice cream do you like best? Most ice cream is pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> and, you know, even so, like all these, uh, all these players, most of them aren't really expected to play in the NHL in year one anyway. And I don't think the Hawks are going to be rushing anybody. So, you know, considering you have patience, you have a way to kind of work them into the roster. I would be leaning towards one of the centers. Um, I I'd kind of vacillated between Duck and uh, Turcotte myself uh, with, with the Hawks, but both would be, I think, very good picks, and they would add a different dimension to the system that isn't really currently there. So next on the McKean's list is Kirby Duck, the big center out of Saskatoon, 6'3", 200 pounds, 25 goals, 48 assists in 62 games. Uh, this is a guy who answers some questions the Blackhawks don't have an answer to, right? They have a lot of speedy, smallish forwards. Yeah, Dylan Strom has some size, but he doesn't necessarily play that big game. What would Kirby Doc bring to the Blackhawks lineup? And uh, if they do draft Doc, when could you see him fitting in? And when do you see him being a uh, regular contributor on the NHL level? Sure. Um, so the, the guy that um, that I guess we've comped Doc to, um, at least our, our WHL scout, is uh, kind of like a James Van Riemsdyk, but as a center. Okay. Um, so he's somebody who's got big size. He's not the most aggressive player. Uh, there, but you know he does use his size to establish like his uh, his location, you know, in the crease area, along the boards. He's not there to try to blow people up, but he's hard to to kind of push off his own game. He's got great skills. He's a fantastic shot. Um, you know, he's, he's got kind of Dylan Strom size, but I think he's a bit of a better skater, uh, very agile, um, and he can slow the game down. You know, so he doesn't. The game kind of doesn't get away from. He can when he has the puck, he's able to kind of set the tone, the pace of the game, and drive play. Um, he's a very exciting player, and I think he is. He's probably the third most likely player to have any impact this year in the in the NHL after Hughes and Kako. Even more so than Byram. I think so. I mean, for a defenseman to come in at, at 18 is really, really difficult, and it's much rarer than a, uh, for a forward. They just have so many more responsibilities. Uh, with Byram, I mean, there is a you know a risk of having him say stagnate in, in the uh, WHL, but it's really, really rare where you have a player go at 18 from the CHL into the NHL. You know, I don't know if Byram is as physically ready as somebody like Aaron Ekblad was a few years ago, because that's a different style of game. You know, Byron being more of a skill game, it, it might be to his benefit. I believe it would be to his benefit for him to um, get a bit more physical maturity before he enters the NHL so he can play his game uh, to its full impact. That said, I, I think a lot of the top guys will get, you know, that nine-game trial that a lot of uh, high-end CHL players get. Doc might have more of a, uh, a lasting impact in year one. Watching some of the highlight films of Kirby Doc today, uh, saw him actually pick the pocket of Bowen Byram in the defensive zone and go to the net and score. Just thought that was sort of interesting on these, you know, 12 or 13 minute videotapes of, of highlights where they, they all look great. Obviously it's the point of a highlight film mm-hmm. takes the picks, the pocket of a guy who's in the same draft as him kind of embarrasses him. You see, even before the goal, goal is scored, Byram kind of looks to the ceiling like, Oh my God, <laughs> that was embarrassing. But, but uh, doc is a guy in his highlight films, that seems like a man among boys. Part of it is the size. Part of it is the talent. But you can see him just clearly dominating every shift he's on. It's true. And, and you know, you would like to see a bit more um, uh, consistency in terms of his offensive production. Uh, like, his numbers are really, really good. But you, you, I think they could be even better with the type of skill he has. But, yeah, to your point, you know, when he gets the puck, he does dictate what's going to happen in that shift. 
Um, you know, the, the, the pace of the shift, where the game is going, the direction of the puck. Uh, so he's got that skill, and he's not the only one with that skill in this draft, but it's certainly something that can, uh, can, that can fit as a first-line center at his, at his peak. Uh, absolutely. Next up on the McKean's list, we're with Ryan Wagman from McKean's Hockey. McKean'sHockey.com to download your draft preview guide heading into Friday's uh, huge night in Blackhawks history. Uh, next up on your list at number five, Dylan Cousins from the Lethbridge Hurricanes. 34 goals, 50 assists in 68 games. For some reason, there's not been a ton of buzz about Cousins in Chicago. Feels like a player that would be a safe pick. Like the ceiling maybe isn't as high as some of these other players like uh, Doc and like Turkout we're going to talk about. But it seems like Cousins is a safe pick to be a really good player for a long time. Would you agree with that? I think so. I think, you know, if you compare him to Doc, and it's an easy to, uh, it's an easy comp to, to bat one off the other because they're both big centers from the WHL. Cousins is, I think, a better skater. I think he has more um, natural athletic talent. That said, Doc, I think, has a more refined hockey sense. You know, so I was talking a lot about how he can control the pace of the game. Cousins doesn't have that. Um, he hasn't had, doesn't have that refined yet. You know, he certainly has a big impact just because he, he, he's in the right place. He's doing the smart things. He's making the right plays, but he's not dictating the, the game as much as, as Doc does. Um, you know, but he's got the size. He can also play on the wing. So if, if you know, a team doesn't like him as a center, there's a lot. Uh, he's got that versatility to play kind of up and down the ice, um, you know, from, from left to right. Um, he can be a bit more physically dominant. He can be a bit more of a, a hard-nosed player, slightly, not, not to a huge extent. But, um, yeah, you're right. You know, he, doesn't, he hasn't had that buzz that some of the other, you know, guys who are considered in the top three or four have. And I'm not really sure why, because he hasn't done anything to say that, you know, he's not that good. He had a great end of the season with the uh, the under-18 tournament, uh, nine points in seven games. He was excellent for Lethbridge all year, had a solid playoff. So, you know, he could slip beyond five, but I don't think he's going to go much beyond that. Number six on the McKean's list, another center. So we're going to do Byram and then all the centers because it seems like that's the way the Hawks are leaning. It's either going to be Byram or a center. So number six on the McKean's hockey list, Trevor Zegras from the USA a National Development Program. 26 goals, 61 assists in 87 games. From all reports, Zegras is a playmaker first, shooter second, more of a setup guy than a goal scorer. Is that fair to say? Very much so. I would say he's a playmaker first and a playmaker second. Um, <laughs> he is one of the most exciting, creative, talented playmakers I've ever watched at this level. You know, like there are nothing plays. Like from out of nowhere, he suddenly, you know, creates like a diagonal cross crease pass to an open teammate in the far side of the net uh, for an easy tap in. And he does it over and over and over again. He finds these lanes that, that I, I have no idea how he does it. Um, he's really, really fun to watch. He's not big, but he does play with a little bit of a chip to on to his game. Um, and I, the, what he, he makes everybody around him better. And he's also somebody who with the national program, you know, he played on the first line and the second line. He's not going to be a first line center there because Jack Hughes, um, but he was able to play on the wing and do it. And just as well as he was at center, he was, he was managed to create plays for his teammates from the wing. And I think, uh, I think he's a fantastically exciting player. I mean, if I you know, we're talking comps earlier, think a smaller Ryan Getzloff, uh, with maybe just as much aggression, but just not that, that big size, uh, just a really, really creative playmaker who, um, 
you know, he, he, he just makes everybody around him better, I guess, uh, to, to the risk of repeating myself. All right, so the next name on the list, number seven in the McKean's Hockey Guide, is the center most Hawks fans and media hope they take. If it's not Byram, a lot of people are excited about the potential of Alex Turcotte. Again, from the USA National Development Program, 27 goals, 35 assists in 37 games last year. Just huge numbers. I know coming off a somewhat serious hip injury, but when he came back, he was even outpacing Jack Hughes in scoring so it doesn't seem to have affected him too much. The comps will not go away with Alex Turcotte and Jonathan Taves, two-way players, strong centers, maybe not the most spectacular highlight reel scoring players, but solid the entire length of the ice. Those Taves comps just will not go away. And they're understandable. I mean, he takes it to the net. He's not, he doesn't have that like super high end, uh, you know, natural skill, but the way he plays, his understanding of the game, his um, his hands are among the softest in this draft class. Um, and he goes right to the net, so he's always right around the play, making it happen, finishing, creating. Um, you know, there is, like you said, there's that risk of injury um, that, that some people think about because he missed a lot of time early in the season. But he came back, and on a point-per-game basis, he was the best player in the, on, the, on the team. Um, you know, he often played second-line center, so he wasn't playing with Cole Caulfield. You know, he, he was doing it with, I won't say lesser players, but, you know, still very talented players. I mean, that team is loaded. But um, he didn't really play with Jack Hughes, so his points aren't really the result of somebody, you know, feeding him as much as they are. He's doing a lot of work. Um, you know, I don't think he'll need more than one year at the University of Wisconsin, assuming he's healthy and the issues he had in the past are truly in the past. And, uh, you know, he's going to be – I think he's clearly a first-line center at his peak – Maybe maybe a winger if the team is already uh, has, a, has a player there. All right. You just mentioned a name I wanted to bring up. Cole Caulfield, another one from the USA National Development Program. I only bring this name up because a couple weeks ago, Mark Lazarus from The Athletic interviewed Mark Kelly, who is the Blackhawks VP of Amateur Scouting. And they went through a capsule of some of the players and got Mark Kelly's thought on each, like just a little blurb. He went on and on about Cole Caulfield about how great of a player he is, how great of a scorer, just a rave review. Now, Colefield's numbers are insane. 72 goals and 28 assists, that's 100 points, in 64 games. He's 5'7", 165. Stan Bowman has never been shy about drafting an undersized player. He's also never been shy about throwing a curveball that no one sees coming at the draft. With that in mind, if the Blackhawks are keen on Cofield and they could potentially, maybe they could trade down and take him. Can the Hawks afford to have another guy this small on the roster? You're basically adding another Alex to It's almost like an Alex to clone uh, because the, the, the scouting reports say Cofield doesn't play small, but you can't ignore the fact that five, seven, one sixty five in a league that we was just proven by the blues and the Bruins that physicality still matters. You still got to be able to compete in those playoffs um, but this is a guy who I think the Hawks have an eye on and uh, probably not at three, but if they do look to trade down, Juicy Colefield is a guy who could possibly fit in Chicago. If they trade down, certainly. I mean, I, I think at three, it would be a bit of a mistake not to take one of the, the centers we just mentioned. Um, you know, Colefield, there is a risk that some of his game, some of his numbers were a product of playing with Jack Hughes, but he scores in every possible way. I was recently watching, uh, rewatching the um, the under eighteen tournament, 
And in that the first round, and actually even into the, the playoff rounds, you know, he was scoring like two, three goals every game. And I was watching each of his goals, and almost all of them were different types of goals. Like he's not just, he doesn't have like his spot on the ice where he's always sniping from. Uh, he scores from everywhere. Um, his shot is just, you know, it's accurate. It's hard. The release is impossible to, to time. Uh, he's shifty. As you said, he's small, but he doesn't play very small game. He's a little bit in the stocky side. He's strong for his size. Um, you know, he's, he's exciting, you know, but he, he'll need, I don't know if he can put those numbers up without having a, a high end puck distributor playing with him. And if I'm the Blackhawks, you know, if you're, if you trade down and you have the right deal, then yeah, why not? But I don't know if he's the best fit for the Hawks organization. I, I think one of the centers would be a much better, uh, better long-term fit. All right. Then I'm going to ask you to put your Stan Bowman, uh, nicely pressed suit on. It's draft day. You've got the call to make with the number three pick. Who are you choosing for the Chicago Blackhawks and why? I'm looking to trade down is what I'm first doing. Okay. Um, not too many spots. I wouldn't trade down more than three spots unless I got a really good offer. Uh, but I'd see if I could trade down because I'd figure that if I traded down, Byram would go three. The Hawks might be the one team for whom Byram wouldn't be the best pick at three. Uh, and then I'd have you know my pick of, of Doc or Cousins or Zegris or Turcotte. If I'm holding on to the pick, I'm going to take Turcotte. We have him seventh in our list, but the gap between three and and seven is is, is almost nothing. Uh, I think though, just the way that he plays, it's a very mature game. Uh, he'll be ready in about a year. Um, he'll score a lot. He can play in a lot of different kind of styles and roles. He plays kind of a, an, an aggressive game, so it's it's you know hard to forecheck, backcheck, um, and he can dictate. You know, as I said, it's something I like to see somebody who can dictate the pace of play. That is what Turcotte can do. That's what I would lean if I was keeping the pick. Okay. I want to one last thing with Ryan Wagman of McKeensHockey.com. Thank you so much for the time, Ryan. In our bio on Bowen Byram, you mentioned the Hawks would probably pass on him because of their organizational depth. We're one year removed from the picks of Adam Boquist and Nicholas Bodan. Two years removed from the pick of Henry Yokoharu. Those are their three. I would say those are the Hawks' three top prospects, period. Definitely top three defensive prospects. Now that we've had some time since the picks were made, how do you see those picks? You know, now that there's been some time, how do you see those players developing as their NHL careers come? How far away do you think they are, and how soon can we expect a major impact from any of those guys? Well, I, I would also I would be remiss not mentioning Ian Mitchell, who was taken after Yokohari, who yeah. was in the second rounder, but he's been he's been uh, developing very very nicely. So I would include him in that list, and I think he's also would be a, uh, you know, make it a top four for the for the system. But that being said, of those uh, four defensemen, Yokohari is an NHLer already. Uh, he played a lot of the season last year, and you know he he was wisely given some time to more of a lesser pressure situation towards the end of the year, and I think that was the wise thing to do. Uh, but he's pretty much ready to go. I don't I don't think he needs any more time to develop. Um, you, you know, you look at Adam Boakvist. He's still a bit of a wild horse in the sense that he could be the number one for a long time. I mean, his skill game is, is through the roof, um, more than a point per game in the OHL last year. So he showed very clearly he can perform on the American ice. He even was almost a goal a game in the postseason. So, you know, he's the type of guy who can create things, but there is a bit more of a risk factor in his game because he's just such a, you know, a wild offensively oriented uh, defenseman. Um, but, it, you know, if he, if he pans out, he's a number one. Um, Bo Dan, I haven't been as high on as others. 
I, you know, I, from my, uh, what I hear from my, my Quebec scouts, he didn't have the best year. At least it wasn't, he didn't show that much change from his draft year to last year. You know, he's a good puck mover. He's more of a stable kind of uh, blue line presence. He's not the type of guy who's going to, you know, sneak up, pinch up the line and, and try to create something that way but he can kind of command the game from the blue line. And also our Quebec League scouts were not as convinced about his foot speed. I think he's an NHLer. I don't know what his upside is. Uh, and then we look at Ian Mitchell, and I've been really impressed with what he's done at uh, the University of Denver. Um, I don't think he's that far away from being ready for the pros. He's not big, um, but you know, size isn't really that important with, um, with blue liners today as it used to be. But he's a great skater. He's steady. He's calm. He moves the puck really well. Great in the transition game. I think we're looking at a very clear uh, second-pairing defenseman there. So the Hawks have, you know, in short, they have a lot of blue line, kind of top four blue line options. And, in fact, those four guys could all easily be the Hawks' top four in, say, three years, and I wouldn't bat an eye. In fact, I'd be, I'd be a little bit surprised if not at least three of them weren't. Ryan, that was absolutely outstanding, as always. Thank you so much. Ryan Wagman of McKean's Hockey. He is their director of of prospect scouting. Make sure you go to McKean'sHockey.com, download their draft guide, and follow Ryan on Twitter, at R.A. Wagman. That's R-A-W-A-G-M-A-N. Ryan, thank you so much for the time. This was great. Uh, This is some of the best content we've had on this podcast, so I know our listeners appreciate it. I appreciate it. And uh, in a couple days, you'll be able to rest. (laughs) Thank you very much, Jay. All right. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. Always appreciate it. That was Ryan Wagman, Director of Prospect Scouting uh, from McKean's Hockey. Thanks for listening to our draft preview edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. As always, we're brought to you by our friends at Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien, Visit chuckscafe.com. Rabbit Brewing, the time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. And of course, our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving the Chicagoland area. Find your dream home with Michael Elwood of Remax First Service. James and I will be back Friday night with full draft reaction on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.